You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hashtag No Filter. Um, continuing on with our theme of the month on love, sex, dating, and relationships, today's conversation is going to get a little spicy, and we're going to be talking um, to the author. She's been on the show before, and she has a new book coming out. The book's called Sex That Works, An Intimate Guide to Awakening Your Erotic Life. Um, she's also the founder of Good Clean Love, and I absolutely love her. Please welcome back on the show, Wendy Sturgar. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. How are you, Wendy? Um, I'm I'm good. You know, I just got back from Germany a couple of days ago, which was such an interesting experience to be American in Germany recently. Um, and um, But, you know, the time zone thing is, like, really crazy. So it's like you just get there long enough to be someplace else, and then you come back and still just trying to find my Pacific time. But, you know, aside from that, um, like, things are good. Business is booming, and things are moving fast, and I'm really excited for the book to come out. That's awesome. And Good Clean Love is doing so well. You guys are like, uh, you've hit so many new stores, and you have all these new products launching. You have, like, the... um, you have the new red label, and you have the new CBD lube, and and the lo- the love oils, and the the mist. You guys have all sorts of new products that you're launching. Yeah, we're we're, we're rocking there. And actually, I just met a really cool guy in Germany that uh, we're going to try to make a a male product. Actually, oh, uh, so um, and he has this magic ingredient that frees up testosterone from other molecules that bind it. So it makes testosterone more available naturally. So can you imagine how great a lube like that might work? So wow. We're going we're to see if we can... You know, I, actually, my favorite part of all the things I do at Good Clean Lube is taking science, like scientific like advances, and turning it into things that can work for people. So when I, when I find that kind of thing, it just like keeps me up at night. I love it. I can't wait. And so your new book, Sex That Works, um, it's a practical guide for women looking to reclaim intimacy, renew curiosity, and embrace uh, their full potential for erotic freedom. So I wanted to invite one of my friends on the show. Her name is Liz. She's been on before. Um, Last week, her boyfriend, Michael, was actually on the show um, Mm -hmm. discussing uh, relationships. And so I wanted to invite her back on because I thought you might have some advice for her, Wendy? Well, um, I'd be happy to talk about sex and how you, you know, I think sex in the 20s is kind of seriously overrated. Um, is it? Because, <laughs> yeah, I do because, you know, I remember in my 20s, and maybe Liz, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I was always pretty orgasmic, but, and I was always orgasmic by myself, even the time I was a really small child, which kind of harkens back to this topic we were talking about a minute ago. But but, um, but when I started to partner, have partnered sex in my late teens and 20s, it's like I every now and again it would happen, it would work, where we would have really great sex together um, and orgasm together, but I could never figure out how to get there again. And then I would spend all these sexual times trying to, like, recreate what we had recently done. And um, and that was, like, just the stupidest way to, like, spend the sex time. You never can do that. Um, so it took me a long time to feel like I knew what worked. 
And it was pretty frustrating in my 20s, actually. Do you have that same issue, Liz? Yeah, I can agree. It's <laughs> mostly, uh, um, you know, it's very rare that I'm able to do it when we're doing it together. It's more of just like, it's kind of like, I got this, let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so so that's actually a really good place to start. But I didn't even think that I was in my twenties I could do that with somebody. I couldn't like, you know, it took me a long time to feel free enough to masturbate with somebody, which is fairly advanced sexuality. So way to go for you. Um, but a lot of people just bring so much, you know, fear and shame that they just have never been able to talk about into these sexual things. I mean, even, I mean, it's crazy the number of women, young women, who never masturbate at all, you know, and somebody just said to me recently, you know, when when asked, well, don't you masturbate? And, and she's like, well, no, I have a boyfriend, so is that what? his job? And I'm like, okay, you are like no. so missing like a big chapter of the book right here, because the truth about masturbation is that all the smartest people who've ever talked about sex call it the cornerstone of any really good sexual life because if you don't know what works there's no way you could ever communicate it to anybody you know because it's just a jackpot it's like a needle in a haystack situation so yeah. what what advice do you have to to maybe you know girls or even guys in their 20s that um are, are kind of having that that sexual frustration with themselves um well, I, like I said, I think, you know, if you're not masturbating um, or have never masturbated or don't know, like, what feels good to turn on, you know, uh, you know, uh, feel yourself. Just, like, find a space where you can, like, fall into what it feels like to see what, what you know, different sensations, you know, use different kinds of strokes. I always say any body part slippery with oil or whatever you want to use, is way sexier than that same body part dry. So I would mm-hmm. say don't try to masturbate dry because that is not going to feel good. And it's, you know, so use a good lube or oil or whatever you want to use. You know, this idea of wetness, like, you know, um, we've done this recent study where many young people, I think in their 20s, um, like use lube less than rarely, so pretty much almost never. And they're like, well, that's like for old people. And, you know, and I think, I think lube has gotten a really bad name, partly because so many shitty lubes are on the market. And people try it one time and they're like, what, what is, I, would, I don't want that. So, why, you know, so I, I want to touch on that really quickly, too. Um, why are so many lubes on the market now? Like, can you, can you expand on what the issue is with so many of the lubes that are out there right now and what makes Good Clean Love different? Well, I feel like it's not just good, clean love, but it's kind of you to sort of put us in that place. I think some ways we're a little bit of a leader, but there are other brands, too. You know, the thing is, is that historically, a few things kind of crashed together. You know, the FDA, um, when they required biocompatibility testing, required it on guinea pigs and, and rabbits, as though that would tell us what makes a good loop for humans. 
and <laughs> actually there's there's no vagina in the in the animal kingdom like the human vagina which is really highly acidic and so the product hmm. base that they used for a long time people glycol i don't know whose idea that was but it was a really fucking bad idea <laughs> um is is really heavily concentrated petrochemicals um and you know methyl and propyl parabens and you know there's just a lot of ingredients that um, that just the chemical weight of them pulls all this moisture out of the cells of the vaginal lining, and and then it just creates this toxic environment. And so it's actually it sounds more likely to get bacterial vaginosis. Yeah, it sounds like it's doing the the opposite effect. Instead of lubricating, is it's drying out. Ironically, ironically, and also that's why if you use a lube that's made with propylene glycol, glycerin is another one, although in the U.S. there's not very much glycerin lube left, but in Europe that's what all the lube is made of. And so there's this kind of sticky, you know, it like goes on for just a little bit and it's kind of glidey, and then pretty quick it's like this sticky, I need to take a bath kind of, yeah. this is not sexy feeling. And so I think, you know... Um, you know, and they, you know, they, they, there's so many kinds of those kinds of loops that no matter what you've tried, likely that was your experience. And, um, and so I don't know. I mean, but lube, um, has kind of a bad name with young people now. And the truth is that lube makes sex better when it's good. You know, it gives you, you know, you still get friction, but not that kind that like burns or chafes. It gives you more time. You can do more positions. Um, you know, and I'm old now, so, you know, it's so cool that I can hang out with millennials like you guys. Um, but, um, you know, for me, it makes me feel young again. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I, it gives me more of what I feel like I had. And, you know, when you have that, those natural, I mean, you know, just the way boys, men will have erections. They don't know where they came from. Women will suddenly get wet you know, in their teens mm. and their 20s. And, you know, you're like, whoa, that's kind of interesting that that's happening. <laughs> um, and, you know, but there's... It's like always a mystery, weird... you know, taking off the panties. It's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, where'd yeah, that come from? I, yeah, exactly. And and I think a lot of porn sort of, like, creates this idea that, you know, if you're really sexy, then you have this natural moisture, wetness. But you know that's that's gar- that's garbage. You know, Porn because is such a bad portrayal of of it's, it's real so sex. Fictional. It's I very don't fictional. like porn at all. It's just I I've never been able to get into it. You know, old porn. I just want to say before it got to be all about organs was kind of sexy. Like I don't know if you've ever seen this video behind the green door. No. Um, but, uh, you know, Marilyn, somebody, she was like a famous porn star in the 70s. And there was a lot more story to it. There was this intrigue, and there was all these kind of psychedelic scenes. Like, I could never get through a whole movie. Like, I never saw the whole movie start to finish. Because, mm-hmm. like, one or two scenes, like, was enough. So I think huh. that, you know, I think that there's some interesting erotic stories. And the same thing with just erotica, that, you know, like... You know, we all are turned on by different things, and I think, you know, if there's no harm being done, like diving into fantasy and learning to become comfortable with what it is that really triggers your erotic pulse 
is a great thing, and a lot of people feel nervous or anxious or won't go there because, generally speaking, our erotic fantasies, the ones that most turn us on, um, are not socially correct, you know? So um, so we look at them, and we're like, whoa, what, ha- what happened? How do we... How did we mm-hmm. get that? How, how did I get there? You yeah. know, um, and it's very interesting about fantasy. There's some research that's been done about how, when you're a 12 year old or 13 year old, and your your sexuality is just really emerging, like in your whole pubescent period, mm-hmm. that the subconscious mind takes painful memories and sexualizes them so that your brain is trying to actually create something pleasurable out of painful things in your brain, which really makes sense that your brain would be doing that subconsciously. Is it trying to, like, compensate? Is it trying to compensate maybe for the pain and the trauma that was experienced by replacing it with pleasurable feelings? That's interesting. Yeah. And so when you, like, start to look at your own fantasies, or it actually gives you kind of permission or curiosity to look at your own fantasies and be like, whoa. So, you know, for instance, if you have like an overbearing mother, which, you know, my children might complain of, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, you know, that might turn into a submission fantasy in a way that you might not connect the dots, you know? I mean, one example that was in this book was this idea of a girl growing up in seriously Catholic guilt, you know, all this stuff, the horrible sexual, you know, deviancy and all this stuff that happens if you're seriously Catholic about feeling sexual at all. Mm-hmm. And then her fantasy was like having sex with a priest. So, mm-hmm. you know, she makes this connection and then her husband starts dressing up as a priest and even taking hot sex, you know. So, I mean, that's just one example where you can really see how that would happen. Um, for a lot of people, it's it's more subtle, but I think that when you dive into that space, um, sex really educates us and heals us in a, in a deep, deep way. Interesting. I've never I've, I've never heard that before. That's a really interesting concept, and you really talk about it more in the book. Yeah, it's in the book about. Okay. There's a whole chapter about fantasy. I think it's actually one of the most interesting. And it was probably the hardest chapter to write. And also, I reveal myself in ways that are slightly uncomfortable. But so maybe you'll, nobody will read the book and it won't matter. <laughs> no, I'm sure people really appreciate that type of vulnerability. <laughs> you know, people can definitely relate to that. Um, I want to quickly transition gears a little bit. And I want to, we normally start off the show with our, our hashtag trending um, segment where we kind of pull topics that are trending online right now. And so there are two that I kind of wanted to chat with you uh, about Wendy and maybe get Liz to chime in on her thoughts as just kind of, you know, the everyday millennial. Uh, but so first, first one, so Gwyneth Paltrow made a couple of headlines uh, a couple weeks ago about this, um, her website Goop referred uh, women to try different sex toys and one of them was a jade egg and so she basically the site recommended that you um you use the the jade egg to kind of build up your kegel muscles and build up um you know build up the muscles in your vagina 
And a lot of people have given her a lot of shit for it. And they're saying, no, who's going to want to put an egg up their vagina and, like, leave it there all day? Or who's even going to want to put that in there? They're afraid of it getting lost. Um, Wendy, do you have any anything to um, chime in on? That, that's have you tried? Have you put question. any eggs up there? Has anything gone well, scrambled? Yeah, so you know, there's there's actually. Uh, I mean, I knew about the jade. I actually knew this woman who was like all these like different stones, like okay. You know, you know there's like this whole crystal kind of stone phenomenon, right. and that there's this energetic. And I think that's where that it kind of transpired from. That. Was that type yeah. of, it was a, a crystal line and one of them happened to be a jade yeah. egg. Right. So I've heard of that. But, you know, um, actually some of the top sex toy companies have um, different exercisers like that. And we've actually sold many, many of those um, because here's the thing. Um, when you're a millennial, your, your muscle tone, you don't really think about a Kegel because you you haven't you know you've you've got muscular tone you you know somebody comes inside of you and you just can hold onto that but you know I had four children and um, I actually had to have this horrific operation that I don't want to get too graphic about where my tissue was so distended that this doctor who was a really nice guy had to go in and sew the tissue cut it and, and cut some out and sew it back together because oh, it's called vaginal prolapse when. Oh. You know, you have too many kids, and then your vagina is falling out. It's sort of horrible. But anyway, so that was an extreme circumstance for children, right? But even a woman who has one baby or two babies, you know, that tissue gets pretty that. stretched out. Yeah, and um, and and it's a muscular thing. So if you if you if you if you're not feeling your body, and you know, a lot of times, actually, I would say that the point at which many women lose touch with their sexuality is after they have a child because their body changes so much. They're so focused on their kid. And so then, you know, you can see how if you're not thinking about those muscles, you know, they can really become weakened. Yeah. Like with, it's like any other muscle in your body. If you're not really tending to it. And and you can get really bad low back pain from that. If you're not paying attention to your core pelvic muscles. So just, for the sake of your back, it matters. And, um, you know, and also I think when you, I, you know, Pilates is just as an exercise or yoga actually is another one where you're really slowly, thoughtfully moving. And when you start to pay attention to small muscle groups, you know, you wake them up. And so, you know, I don't know about the jade egg, but like I said, we have sold many products to inspire women to, to strengthen those muscles. And I have used those kinds of techniques, but really what made a big difference for me was Pilates. Okay, um, Pilates. Where, where, I, where I learned that myself. Nice. Liz, are you going to be trying the jade egg? I don't know. What's the difference between like the jade egg and the, or what are they called, the Benoit balls? The, yeah, the uh, Benoit I mean, so this, the, and then there's like, for instance, Lilo is a, one of my favorite toy companies, and they have those kind of J, those Benoit balls, but they're like connected with a string. Okay. And so for people who are kind of afraid, I don't know if those eggs have a string or not, but, you know, I don't know that I'd want to put anything in my vaginal cavity that I couldn't like easily pull out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I mean, I I don't really know that you risk losing it, but it is a fairly spacious cavity, 
And so if you're not used to, again, using those muscles, you know, you can use your muscles to expel that. But if you don't know how to activate that, then, you know, that could be tricky. That Makes for an awkward anally. doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, <laughs> I just Something got lost that, up there. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> you know, uh, we had this friend once, I mean, a long time ago, who was a surgeon, mm-hmm. and he used to work in the emergency room, and he would tell us these crazy stories of people who would come in and having put things in their in their rectum, you know, and <laughs> they couldn't get them out, you know, and yeah, you so embarrassing. Ca- you know? I know that. I mean, uh, I could never imagine being like, "Hey, doc, I have an egg up there. It might yeah. be like scrambled and over easy now, but <laughs> yeah. you know, so, can you help me you clean know, this up?" Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So, okay. Cool. But But I did hear the backlash about it. And what I say is that I don't know about the jade egg, but I think that, um, paying attention to your capacity to like really have like control over the, 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 the vaginal muscles is like thumbs up, swipe right, swipe left, swipe right. Swipe right. All right, Liz. Are you you going to be getting yourself a jade egg, or are you more of a Pilates to work it out? Um, oh, probably the egg sounds a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Convenience, more convenient. <laughs> Doesn't the Kegel stuff also help with like uh, bladder control too, or is it just the vaginal yeah, muscles? Totally, totally. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, I mean, women who have urinary problems later in life also have no muscle tone. Hmm. For me, the biggest reason out. that I started wasn't for the sexual thing, but my my low back was so weak that I would could just turn the wrong way and throw my back Oof. out. And so, you know, I don't think people really get how critical core is to, like, living well. It's just so mm-hmm. basic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's your it's your cord that connects yeah. to everything. Okay, yeah. so someone also making a lot of headlines recently, um, more so this week more than ever, is uh, this uh, political. I don't know what political activist, political. I mean, I don't even know what the appropriate term for him would be. Um, I guess a, a political provocateur. Um, <laughs> his name is Milo Yiannopoulos. And he has made a lot of uh, big, bold statements over the past year. Um, he considers himself to be a, an alt-right activist. Um, he was an editor for, uh, I believe it's Brett, Brett, Bricks, Brett, Brett, something? Breitbart. Breitbart. There you go. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Editor Breitbart, for Breitbart, yeah. which is in uh, Britain. I don't know. I totally blanked. Like I had it written down and I totally blinked. Um, and no, so it's he's. Like the, it's Trump security yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Well, he. Twisted. And yeah. he's he's very. I mean, he's he's pretty. I don't, I don't even know where you would classify him on the political spectrum because. So he is a, a gay man, but he's also very. And. I, I, 
I don't know if it's fair to call him anti-LGBT, but he's definitely made a lot of headlines for not being as supportive of the LGBT community or even women's rights. And he's just, I think his ideas are so far extreme. And he went on a speaking tour recently in a lot of colleges. You know, there were riots that broke out protesting him being able to speak because they think that a lot of what he says is considered hate speech. Simon & Schuster recently gave him a book deal that was supposed to come out this summer. So recently, he made um, uh, recent uh, the news broke that he had made some comments. I think that were made. I think a couple years ago um, in regard to pedophilia, and he basically um, a lot of people feel that he condoned it, saying that in some instances, in some cases, it's okay to have sex with somebody as young as thirteen years old, as long as they feel that they're sexually mature enough to to participate in that. Um, And I believe he, he said that he lost his virginity when he was 13 years old. um, And he believed that he was sexually mature enough at that age. And that's why, you know, he thinks it's, it, it depends on, on the case. And so recently because of that, he was disinvited. Um, All of his speaking engagements have since been canceled. Simon and Schuster has pulled their book deal. They've canceled it. Um, and he uh, he's stepped down from from his editor position. Wendy, what what do you think about about that whole issue of um, you know of consent at such a young age? And I know this kind of relates back to what we were talking about about you know younger traumas affecting us later in life. Yeah, you know, so um, it's such a confusing topic, and I really think that. Uh, it's it's the elephant in the room when we talk about sex almost all the time because um, because actually if you look at statistics of how many people are um, are sexually I don't know if you want to use the word violated or engaged or what word you want to use but it's an incredibly common thing and 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 I mean in many countries in the world I mean we're just always talking about the U S but you know this I mean. People sell their children into sex markets um, when in awesome. extreme cases of poverty, and um, you know, and the ISIS soldiers take young girls and give them drugs so they can never be pregnant, and then they can be fucked however many times. And I mean, it's, it's just you know, I mean, we 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 have this phobia, this mass thing about um, ch- childhood sex, and and uh, and we also know for a fact that. Almost everybody that engages with a child was a child who was engaged with. So it's like this horrible cycle that is incredibly painful to break um, because you have to come out about it. Yeah. You have to come clean. And, and when you come clean and you say anything, and I'm not actually on this guy's side at all because my son goes to Berkeley and he was there when that riot broke out. And... Um, you know, and 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 I, I I said this earlier. The thing is, is that um, I think most of our extreme isms, sexism, racism, all the ways that we hate other people, is always a reflection of what we hate in ourselves. What yeah. we so it's like kind of ironic. This guy's gay. He was sexually used in whatever way when he was a young child. And that's the other thing. It's like even if a kid thinks that he can participate, there's ways in which sex, especially with older people, is just way beyond their capacity to 
understand what they're engaged right. in. And so, mm-hmm. so, they, so they, they spend a lot of years trying to make sex of, I mean, sense, make sex, make sense of that sex, and then inevitably, and not surprisingly, becomes a pattern that they can't get out of. Yeah. Um, and so, many, so much fantasy is, or is surrounds that whole thing. So, you know, um, and it's uncomfortable, right? Like, it's it's scary to have those kind of fantasies because, like, whoa, does that mean that happened to me? Or how did this what, How did this get in my head? And I, I really think that pedophilia and all this sexual abuse of children, if you want to call it abuse, or sexual pre- or too early initiation of, of sexual souls is, like, in this, huge unconscious think um, that we all sort of are affected by sexually. Yeah. And, um, and I think that to the degree that nobody can even admit it, I mean, I don't know how this guy admitted and I didn't hear his words. Um, I don't think it's okay, but, um, but, but it's a topic we can't even go near. Yeah. You know? I think that... And, I think it's it's also kind of ex- crazy that he has made so many other extreme comments that, you know, a lot of people do feel as hate speech. And he, he's really gone, it's more, I, I personally think it's more of a headline maker. And this is kind of why he got a book deal is because he was able to throw out these zingers that then, you know, the news picks up on. And that's kind of, you know, controversies become his brand. And that's what he was able to capitalize off of. And now we've just reached a point where he's gone uh, you know, he's gone too far and, and people think, you know, that it's time. I'm glad that we finally reached this point. I think, you know, he was definitely someone that was, uh, really advocating for free speech. But I think, you know, there's a big lesson that is to be learned that, you know, yes, there is free speech. Yes, you're technically free to say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences from that. And I'm glad that we're finally starting to realize that lesson. I hope we can learn it with our fucking president. But I mean, let's see. Let's see where it goes. I hope something positive can come of this. I don't condone what he said at all. I'm glad that he has finally fallen off of his high horse. His, you know, relationships with different companies have now fallen through and, you know, his book deal is gone and, you know, he's really hit a dead end and I think it's it's time. Yeah, but. you know, it's kind of weird because, you know, when that whole thing with Trump went down with this grabbing the pussy, yeah. you know, mm. and we, like, thought that was, like, the end. Yeah. Um, you know what, you know, it's weird because, and, you know, we know that he's been accused, Trump himself, of sexual abuse and domestic abuse, and two Mm -hmm. of the people in his cabinet lineup include the one that, that just fell off, you know, I mean, they all kind of hang out together, and it's like, we, you know, we, we like, we, we like get enraged. Yeah. But we but we like can't get to the next level of the conversation. Yeah, we you know? shut it and, down. And and then we like and then because we're enraged but we can't really talk about it, um, we forget about it. You know, well okay, well he said pussy, but so what? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like sick because the deeper thing is is that he his whole sexist kind of think uh, about like who women are and and, and and his whole like approach to sex, like I like just cringe when I think about him screwing his wife. I do. I like. I think she cringes her. a yeah. lot too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, like all these kind of talks 
on about how maybe she's like actually being domestically yeah. sexually abused. Yeah. You know, and you know, and she was a call girl. Hello. That's how we met her. You know. It's insane. And, it's you know, and this is like they're in the White House. I don't get it. It's um, so distorted so on so many yeah, it's so distorted on so many levels but the that the thing is is the thing that's most distorted is that at the very root is the degree to which we cannot have, like, conversations in our own personal life about what it is that is real for us sexually is the reason we can't have this mature national dialogue also. Mm -hmm. And there's been these moments where we, when we have a glimmer of it, right? Like when we're talking about gay marriage and who gets to love each other. You know, that was that was a fairly evolved conversation that changed the laws in this whole nation. You know? Absolutely. So so there's a way that we're it's just a catch avoidance thing, you know, and and I think that uh that some stuff is gonna blow up in this administration sexually and and maybe there'll be this moment where we can have a deeper conversation about right. that. And that there will hopefully be some consequences and we can show mm-hmm. that this man who is now in a position that is supposed to be an example for, you know, growing yeah. children who, you know, when I was five, six years old, looked at our president and, and was like, okay, this is a man that we're supposed to look up to and respect. And now that's completely gone out the window yeah. because we've now elected somebody that is not deserving of that so and is not presidential. No. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Hopefully, some we can open up a broader conversation and start to hold people accountable because obviously, what's happening now is not okay. Um, but I do want to say, it's kind of like being, you know, I don't know if you guys read this story when you were little. The emperor, the emperor's wearing no clothes. Yeah, you know, the emperor. Of course, it, you know, it's like that, right? Like, you know, he he could you could imagine him walking out naked and saying, "No, I'm wearing clothes." <laughs> You know, and you know, and everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, he's wearing clothes." It's like, no, he's not wearing clothes. Yeah, you know, Um, um, absolutely. So, you know, I maybe that's like going to be the peak of the story yeah um, I, I certainly hope so i think yeah. there's a lot of room to grow and i think it's just you know it's really something that's woken up a lot of people and now it's just time to get out there um and act on it and and speaking of acting well, wendy you know, you've done such a great a- job of you know being a very open advocate you know for sex positivity and you know having these conversations and i mean you came out of the boat talking about masturbation and organ So I definitely, you know, appreciate you breaking down those walls and tearing apart, you know, the shame that comes around having conversations like this. And I think everybody needs to go out and grab a copy of your new book, Sex That Works, which is on sale June 1st. And everybody needs to check out the Good Clean Love Line. Wendy, is there one kind of message or tone you really want to end on um, that you want a lot of my listeners to, to really resonate with and take home as we close the show? You know, what I would say, Zach, and I think I've said it to you before, that if we would only fix one problem in the world and it was sex, we would fix all the other problems. So, you know, intimacy and relationships and how we live with this thing that, like, after we eat, drink, and sleep, the next thing we are is sexual. So we just have to, like, get over it. You know, I, and if we could, if we could get over it, like we could fix so many other things. I completely agree. 
Thank you so much for for calling in today, Wendy. Um, and thank you for weighing always. in. Those were some hot topics that we covered. So thank you for, for your candor and for your vulnerability in today's episode. Everybody needs to go and get a copy of Wendy's new book, Sex That Works, An Intimate Guide to Awakening Your Erotic Life, on sale June 1st. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. And don't forget to check out Good Clean Love. I love the brand. It is... It's a good lube, and they have a lot of great products. <laughs> um, Liz, thank you so much for calling in today. Love chatting thank with you. Thank you for having Always. Thank you so much, ladies. Don't forget to subscribe to Hashtag No Filter and listen every Wednesday on iTunes. If you don't have an Apple device, you can listen on Stitcher or always at the thenetworkstudios.com. Follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. Go to Amazon right now. Pre-order Sex That Works and go to goodcleanlove.com to check out their products. Thank you, guys. Bye.